Hey all, this is Cassie, the host of Everybody. And ever since I can remember, I've been obsessed with how the human body works and how no matter what stage in life you're at, you can make amazing changes. Together, we're going to deep dive into topics like disease, nutrition, mental health, and more, all with a focus on how we can take steps toward living healthier, happier lives. What's up, everybody? Thanks so much for tuning back in again. Today, we are still talking about women's health, pelvic floor disorder, and that diastasis a little bit. Um, I am today letting you listen in on my very first pelvic floor physical therapy appointment, which is more just that evaluation. And you are going to get to hear a little more details about the things that I've experienced, um, but also just kind of what to expect so that if you decide you want to go see a pelvic floor therapist, you just have a little better idea of what to expect. Or if you've never seen one before, you're not thinking about it, but maybe you're just curious about what it is, because after all, that's what this podcast is about. We're not all going to be experiencing all the things that I decide to talk about or share with you. But it's always fun to learn too, right? Now, before we get into things, I just want to continue to say thank you so much for those of you that are supporting me, listening to me regularly, sharing this with your friends and family members. Um, it's just a really great feeling to be able to provide some knowledge to people that are actually enjoying it, benefiting from it, loving it. I love all the reviews that I'm getting from you guys. I really, really appreciate it. So, we are going to get started here. And where you are going to start listening in on is my response to just the general question of, why don't you tell me a little bit about what's been going on and what brought you to therapy? So that is typically the first question that you are going to answer when you start physical therapy, no matter what body part it is for. Um, so we're going to start there. And just a heads up, obviously, this was recorded in a busy PT clinic. We are in a private room, but you may hear um, some distractions or bumps or stuff passing by in the hallway. So it's not like the most pristine recording, but it will give you some good insight into what happened that very first day of my first pelvic floor physical therapy appointment. So here I am answering that question. What brought you in today? Um, so... Probably this goes back to like my daughter's eight. Okay. She's like eight and a half. She was 11 and a half pounds and I delivered her vaginally. Awesome. Um, so that's kind of when I like started having issues um, with more like, I mean, especially the first couple months after, right? Like just couldn't hold my urine. And then I started running like really probably sooner than I should have. So, um, you know, I am a runner, and so I started running and just, like, expecting to pee my pants pretty much every time, and I just would. Um, now that doesn't necessarily happen all the time, but um, I've developed, like, low back pain, hip pain, um, and I've had that, well, I've probably honestly had that since pregnancy, so since I was pregnant with her, it's always been, like, the right side of my low back and my right hip. And then I had an issue with my left knee like four years ago. I had a scope done on my left knee and then after that my right hip has been like pretty consistently bothering me ever since I had that scope done. Um, 
And so this whole year, it's kind of been like a roller coaster. Like I can do things that make me feel better. And then as soon as I start working out or exercising the way I want to, I start hurting again. So then I have to back off and then I feel can feel better. And so it's kind of like this up and down. Okay. Um, and I think like I'm having more tailbone kind of pain, which I've honestly never had before this year. Um, and more like sciatic type pain okay. and just like stuff that I've just never experienced before this year. Do you so, feel the sciatic type pain on both sides or just the right Just side? the right side. Um, when I had my like doctor visit this year, cause they x-rayed my hip like two years ago or three years ago or something when I was complaining yeah. about it and they're like, oh, there's nothing wrong. And I'm like, well, I figured an x-ray would show. I mean, not probably gonna have arthritis right now. So it's like, um, yeah, so then he referred me to a DO, mm -hmm. and I saw her, and then from her examination, she thought maybe I have a labral tear, um, which I kind of thought the whole time anyways. Like, I do have a lot of those symptoms, but... Do you get, like, the, like, groin pain? Yeah, so I get pain, like, here, mm -hmm. um, especially with, like, that external rotation. I have a lot of... Okay. Um, a lot of that. So, like, I have, I stopped doing, like, sumo squats. I stopped doing back squats, like, with the bar on my back. I've stopped doing, like, because all of those things bother my hip and then my back hurts. Like, I don't think I have a back problem. I think my hip makes my back hurt if I push it too far. Too far. Yeah. Because it was, like, presenting as back pain for a while. And then, I don't know, just kind of picking things apart, I figured out it was my hip bothering me. So, so yeah. So, the DO ordered, um like an MRA to see if there was a labral tear, but then my insurance denied it because I've never actually done therapy for my hip, gotcha. which is why I saw Anders and then we were talking about like the pelvic floor stuff. And I said, I, I think there's definitely like a component there to um, probably what's going on because I still have um, like stress incontinence and urge incontinence. Um, and like frequency going to the bathroom and like all that kind of stuff. So I figured this was a good place to start. <laughs> I think so. I think so. we are in the right place. <laughs> Pre-babies, what did you like to do activity-wise? Ideally, what would you like to be doing right now? Okay. So, well, my oldest is 13, and I was 19 when I had him. So that's, if we go pre-pre-babies, that's, like, way back. But mm -hmm. um, ideally, what I'd like to be able to do now is I really like lifting weights. So I would like to be able to, like, lift weights without restriction in my movement. Like, there's just certain, like I said, I can't do sumo squats. Regular squats hurt me if I have a bar on my back. Um uh, I would like, I am a runner, so I would like to be able to run, um, I mean, like a half marathon is the longest I've run, but even, I don't know, a few miles would be nice without like, you know, having incontinence issues. Yeah. And then I also te teach group fitness. So like, okay. and I teach cardio classes and that can pose a problem for me too with the incontinence stuff. Even if I go to the bathroom right before I teach, which obviously isn't like ideal <laughs> when you're in front of a class of people yeah um so I mean yeah I would just like to be able to like jump or you know do cardio stuff without having to like worry about it so yeah so is there a certain point in your run where you will start to notice incontinence 
necessarily, but there are certain cardio exercises I noticed, like doing like high knees, like where you're running with your knees high, Mm -hmm. like in place or running back and forth, like that will almost every single time. Um, If my arms are overhead, like if I'm doing like a jump and a reach, um, or anytime I do like like if I if it's something like very like forceful so like say you're just doing something like I don't know running in place or something and then all of a sudden you do like jump down into like a jump squat or something like that like that like quick change and that quick like needing to rebound right right um when I'm running it it's more just like I've been running for a while and I have to pee and like now I can't hold it anymore so it won't happen if like say I have like a three mile run and I that's like maybe 25, 27 minutes, that's fine because it's, like, not that long. But if I'm running for longer, like, say I'm half marathon training and I have, like, a two-hour run, like, I'll definitely have problems then. Um, Just because I have to, I feel like I have to go to the bathroom, like, every hour. So, like, if I'm exercising or whatever longer than that, I just have to go to the bathroom. Any trouble with coughing, sneezing, laughing, yelling? Um, only if I already have to go. Okay. So if I, like, already have to go to the bathroom and then I cough or I sneeze, then yes. And then you were saying you feel like you have to go about every hour or so, give or take? Yeah, probably. And especially, like, I do have, like, I drink, like, a gallon of water a day. Mm-hmm. So I realize I'm drinking a lot. So, like, obviously it's normal to have to go to the bathroom a lot, but it's like that... I have to go or I'm going to pee my pants feeling. So that's, like, a little different than just, like, I have to go because I've been drinking water. <laughs> right. Because there's a big difference between, well, I'm drinking and I have functional kidneys, so right. I'm going to, like, if I want right. to go sit down on the toilet right now, I could probably pee. Sure. Versus if I don't go right now, we're going to have to yeah. go. Yeah. When you go, do you feel like you go a decent amount or do you sit down sometimes and say, oh, there wasn't really much there? Um, no, I feel like I always go a decent amount, but I definitely have been working on, like, sitting longer because I always feel like there's more. So if I sit for, like, I don't know, it's probably not even a full minute, but if I sit instead of just, like, rushing off, I can usually go a little bit more. So I have been, like, working on uh, a couple things like like that, like trying to fully empty. Um, I've been working on, like, when I... Sorry, you'll probably keep asking me questions. But, like, if I do have a little bit of, like, urge stuff, like, if I have to go, Mm -hmm. I may leak before I actually sit down or, like, when I'm right at the door or, like, first thing in the morning. So I've been working on, like, actually pausing and, like, trying to actually relax a little bit Mm -hmm. so that I can engage. So so I've been working on some of that stuff. Good. Um... Yeah, so, and I think maybe my job isn't super conducive to me using the bathroom either because, and you probably know this, but, like, when you're, like, back-to-back with clients or patients or whatever, it's, like, there isn't really time, so that I'm I'm also always playing this game, like, can I hold it for one more yes, can client? I? Can I, do I, should I go now? Should I be late for them because I'm in the bathroom or, like, <laughs> that kind of thing, so... Um, and then by the time, so usually I can get it to kind of go away, but then, but then by the time I have just like two seconds to think, it's like that may then have incontinence there because I've been holding it for so long. So sorry if I veered off your question, track. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> I follow your train of thought. Okay. Um, 
Yes, I can completely understand that. Like unless you wrap up a couple minutes early with somebody or somebody's running right. a couple minutes behind, then you might not have those five minutes. Yeah. And though you just had a bunch of water and it'd be reasonable to go. Right. You just can't fit right. it into your day. Or maybe you're just like rushing, right? So then you're all sitting and empty fully because you're just like in and out or whatever. And then I might notice like 15 minutes later, like, oh, I didn't go all the way or something. So how many times a day do you think you go to the bathroom? Probably quite a bit. I don't know. Um, oh, maybe like 10. Okay. Okay. I'm pausing the audio right now um, just because going back and listening to this, it kind of makes me uh, really see how far I've come in just a couple of months. But that whole estimate, how many times you go to the bathroom, at first I was like, hmm, I don't know, maybe 10. Well, once my therapist had me actually start tracking how much I was actually taking in in fluid and how many times I was going to the bathroom, I actually had a day where I went to the bathroom about 10 times in the first six hours that I was awake. So here I was estimating that I was going about 10 times in a day, and I was probably doubling that, which just kind of blows my mind. It blew my mind when I found out too. Um, When I told her, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am going to the bathroom like way more than I thought I was going. Um, And it was just so much habit just to go so often um, that I didn't even realize how often I was going. But now back to the appointment. So next, my therapist asked me, is there anything that I can't do right now that I want to do? And here was my answer to that. Anything. There's nothing that really hurts while I'm doing it outside of maybe like a sumo squat or like an externally rotated position with my hip. Um, But it's usually later that I'll feel very sore. But if I were to like start moving and exercising, that soreness probably would go away. Um, I would say the only thing that I notice um, is I still like dome a little bit um, through that like diastasis when I'm doing core stuff. So um, I have to be like very, very conscious of what I'm doing and modifying. And like I work really hard not to, you know, to like control it or whatever. But um, sometimes stuff like that can make my back feel a little bit funky while I'm doing it if I notice that I'm not necessarily doing it the right way. Right. It's like definitely anything with like my legs straight out. Um, I've gotten to the point where I can control that for like a couple of repetitions, but like, but then I need to like go back to modifying, so. So why don't you tell me just a little bit about how you felt during both of your pregnancies, how both of your births went. Sure. Um, so my son is 13, mm-hmm. um, almost 14, but he, so I was like very young when I was pregnant. Well, I mean, I was 19. I guess that's not as young as some people, but <laughs> I feel like pregnancy wise, like didn't really bother me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, when I delivered him, um, I did have, there was quite a lot of like trauma. <laughs> so first just like in delivery when the nurses were having me start pushing. My doctor wasn't there yet, and I was like, I didn't know any, you know, nobody really taught me what happens when you push. I'm like, oh, I don't want to push until the doctor, well, whatever. So then 
they said to me that the doctor I had pretty much does an episiotomy on everyone, especially if you're not, like, crowning before he gets in the room. Oh, so they wanted to make sure that baby was right. there. But that, like, really scared me. Yeah. But anyways, I, he did do an episiotomy, um, and I still don't feel great in that area. Um, but also my son was born with a congenital heart defect, so he was pretty much rushed away. Um, like immediately after I had him. So there was like, I don't know if I just like don't remember much about it because it was like a lot of trauma and a lot of like stuff going on. So I actually got discharged like six hours after having him to go over to Children's Hospital for him to have a surgery. Okay. Um, and I just remember being, obviously I was like sore and on Percocet. So like, so and every, in a wheelchair. Everything is a blur. Right, so I don't really remember much. I mean, like, I remember my labor with him was pretty long, but, like, 20-ish hours or something. Um, and I, like, know I had the episiotomy, and that, like, healing from that was hard, and definitely, like, sex after that was hard, and it still is, like, I don't like to be, like, poked or touched in that area. Like, it just feels... I don't even know if it hurts. It's just, like, uncomfortable or something. I don't know. Like, if it's more of a mental thing. Um... And then my daughter, uh, let's see, like pregnancy wise was okay, except I did develop like a lot of low back pain and like right sided back and hip stuff while I was pregnant with her. Um, and at the time I was working at a PT clinic and I actually work with pregnancy and postpartum, um, more orthopedic though, so not pelvic floor. Um, so anyways, I started seeing one of the therapists that I worked with and did therapy, like, while I was pregnant. Um, and then uh, laboring with her, I had a lot of back labor, which I did not have the first time. Um, and I was, like, really trying not to have an epidural, so they kept asking me, and I kept saying no. Um, and then at one point... They had told me that I was like seven centimeters and then the doctor came in and said, no, you're not, it's just your bag of waters. So they broke my water for me. Um, and then pretty much I was like getting ready to push, but I was like seriously in so much pain, I could not move. So I was on my side mm -hmm. and then the doctor was saying like, do you want an epidural? And I'm like, well, why would I get an epidural now? Like we're, if we're here. Right. And we're he here. said, um, he was like, I don't know, maybe it'll just help with some of the contractions, whatever. So they actually did give me an epidural. I was laying on my side. So it was the whole left side of my body that it kind of fell into. So it was like my left leg was numb and things like that. But like my right side <laughs> was like unaffected. Okay. <laughs> but it did like help with the contractions enough where I was able to like get into a more comfortable position and like a safer position for delivering and things like that. Um, so... Um, yeah, and then she was gigantic. <laughs> so she was 11 and a half pounds when I delivered her. Um, but I did not need an episiotomy. Like, I didn't, I barely, like, tore. Like, I, like, as far as, you know, like, everything was pretty good for as far as that goes. I just had, obviously, I couldn't feel my leg, so I had to be, like, wheeled around on one of those things to the bathroom. And then, um... I had her at West Dallas, and they have those, they have, like, queen-size beds for, like, your husband or spouse or whoever can, like, lay with you, 
but they're like really close to the floor. Oh, so they're very, very So tall. I'm six feet tall and my leg, my leg wasn't really working right. Like I could feel it by then and stuff. But so like, I, I remember every time I had to go to the bathroom and I had to like get up from that really low bed, I would just like pee. Okay. Because like I couldn't get up out of the bed because my leg wasn't really, my left side wasn't really like working right. And then the baby bassinet was like up here, but you're like down here. So every time I would go to get her, right. I had to physically like roll over, get up or just like, like not move the right way to like reach in and get her and she was 11 and a half pounds and I just had a baby so like, so like that's a lot of there numbers. was like yeah so there was like a lot of um like discomfort just like being there because everything was kind of just too low for me especially with like how tall I am so um and we stayed for almost four days because of how big she was um, they were doing like diabetic checks and stuff like that. So they held her longer. So they just held me longer to be with her. Um, so like it was quite a few days. I was like, felt like I was getting off the floor, like to, Every time you to, to do out of anything like with her or to go to the bathroom or whatever. So, and then do you ever feel any heaviness or pressure or like a falling out feeling? Not really. I mean, only when I have my period, I have a ton of pressure okay. when I have my period. But I also think that it's just because of, like, having my period. I don't know. Like, it, I don't have it any other time. But I will start, like, a couple days before, I'll feel, like, a lot of pressure and during. Um, but then it goes away. So I'll usually have, like, two or three days where it's, like, I just want to sit down and squeeze everything tight because it hurts. But that may just be because I have my period. So I don't have that any other time. Did you have that same sensation like pre-having your daughter, having your son? I don't really remember. I also like something that I changed is like I'm not on birth control mm -hmm. since I had my daughter and I always was prior to that. Okay. So either the pill or I had an IUD before mm -hmm. I had my daughter and then I had it removed to get pregnant. So, um, I mean, I don't really have real periods, I guess. Right. It was always just like a hormonal bleed right. or whatever the right. effects of the IUD were. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you have a pretty regular cycle? Yeah. How are your periods like flow wise? Do you feel like they're on the heavier side? I feel like one, like either every other month or every two months, I have a very heavy period, but then it doesn't last as long. Okay. And then the, the other months, it's like pretty normal, I think. Does your hip pain or your back pain seem to change at all throughout your cycle? Yes. It definitely gets worse. Um, uh, typically, my tail, well, at least over the last like year or so, my tailbone pain will start hurting. Like, I cannot have it for a while, and then I'll start having that, like, deep, like, sacrum tailbone type pain, even, like, a week or so leading up to it, and then during it, and it seems to relieve, like, after my period goes away. So beyond this questioning, we then went into a physical exam, everything external, um, looking at the way my back moves, my hips move, um, and then we spent some time helping me learn how to engage my lower abdominal muscles and went through a few exercises that way. And I was given some homework, which is very typical for physical therapy, um, just working on engaging my lower abdominals through core exercises, using some breathing, 
uh, to help me better engage through my core the right way. And um, yeah, that was about the end of our session. I'll let you listen to her plan for the following session. I can do that. Um, so that's what I want you to work on over this next week or so. Sure. So from there, I think it'd be helpful for us to assess the pelvic floor. Okay. Um, normally I have my model in here, but it's not in here at the moment. But basically what that looks like is the first thing that we do is just kind of take a look at how things are moving on the outside. Okay. So when you breathe, do we see just a little bit of movement at the pelvic floor. Sure. I'm kind of watching the perineum to see is there some descent, some lengthening that's happening, some rising that's happening. When you try to do a Kegel, do we see engagement in the sure. right direction? Um, same thing if I ask you to bulge or pretend like you're having a bowel movement. Sure. Do we see some lengthening happening? And then from there, seeing how's everything moving on the outside? Sure. Especially with things feeling they might be just a little bit more sensitive. Um, how is all of that tissue moving? Sure. Seeing how do things move right at the scar tissue at your perineum. And then from there, um, seeing how do things move internally. Okay. So seeing if we feel like right inside of the labia minora, a little bit deeper throughout the vaginal canal, kind of coming towards some of like the inside like sure. muscles. Is there anything that either stands out to you that you're like, yeah, that's the pain that I sometimes feel in my right hip? Sure. Or that I feel in my right SI joint or I feel at my tailbone. And then seeing what is your strength like? What's the endurance like? Um, what's just the coordination like of those muscles? And what should we be doing pelvic floor-wise so okay. that you stop leaking and you can go to the bathroom only when you want to go to yeah. the bathroom? <laughs> All right, guys, so that's it for that first physical therapy session. Um, it was probably about three times as long as what I let you listen to today. Um, just tried to pull out some of the more relevant stuff or things that you might have the most questions about. So I hope this helped maybe ease some of your minds about attempting pelvic floor therapy or just going out and being open and honest about your symptoms and asking for help. I can tell you that it's been, I think, about eight weeks now since that day that you are listening to here. And honestly, going back and listening to it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have come so far in this eight weeks. And I can't believe that I really was living like that for so long with especially just the frequency of how often I was having to use the bathroom. Um, I can tell you right now that my tailbone pain is almost completely gone. Uh, my hip pain is much better controlled. My back is barely bothering me anymore. Just in eight weeks of going through treatment, doing my homework, doing what the therapist asks me to do. Um, I received a lot of different manual techniques as far as work on my back through my diaphragm, uh, through just kind of my abdominal muscles externally. Uh, so yeah, we've done a lot of work and I am feeling so much better. So if this is something that you as a female thinks you definitely need, I want you to go and seek out um, a physical therapist that can help you because you don't have to live in pain. You don't have to live with the fear of peeing your pants. You don't have to laugh off the fact that you pee your pants. You can go get help, find a therapist, go to PT, um, and just be open to it. And hopefully you can feel better soon as well. 
next episode, we are going to be talking a little bit different. We're going to go a little bit off track of this. And I want to talk more about um, just a woman's body in total, uh, kind of what differentiates us from a man, obviously beyond, beyond the obvious, but I want to talk about hormones. I want to talk about bone density and bone structure, um, maybe nutrient-wise, you know, the things that we need uh, just to keep our female bodies healthy. So I am looking forward to sharing some of that with you next week, and we will be touching back on some of this pelvic floor therapy in, you know, in the next month. I'm going to get my therapist actually just one-on-one in an interview and have her just talk through, not just my case specifically, but just um, different cases that she sees in general and how PT can you know, help lots of people. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I hope that you learned something from this episode and I will talk to you next week. Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I truly hope you've learned something today about your body. And I know you're thinking of someone right now that would love to listen to this too. So go ahead and send it to them. Until next time, make sure to drink plenty of water, move your body and smile often.